we stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the lord is our strength we bow down and worship him now how great how awesome is he and together we sing holy is the Good morning, I'm Cheryl Broom, and I am the senior pastor here at Lotus Hills United Methodist Church. If you are new to our community, a first-time guest, and you don't mind giving us a little information about you, would you fill out the blue card that's in the pew back in front of you? Also in the pew back is the yellow card, and that is our prayer card. And during some time in the service, when we pass the plate by you, if you have a prayer request, write it up, and please put it in there. We at Lotus Hills United Methodist Church is 
have voted to become a lighthouse church. Right, Mary? And a lighthouse church in the Methodist venue is a congregation that offers safe and welcoming place for all people to come together to worship God as we grow and learn and serve. So welcome to a lighthouse congregation who welcomes all people. In the midst of churches disaffiliating all around us, we have decided we're not going to take that path that we want to welcome all until there's something for us to vote about or to leave the congregation. So feel safe here. Let us be your lighthouse church and let us together be the light of Christ for this community. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Now, would you just turn briefly and look at your neighbor, maybe shake their hand. If you don't know them, Herman family, y'all know each other, turn around and just (laughs) greet somebody and say your name. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. My name is Randy Wilkinson, and it's good to be in worship with you this morning. We light these candles as we begin worship to symbolize Christ's presence with us. Will you stand in body or in spirit as we welcome the light of Christ? Please be seated. The Old Testament reading today comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 10 through 13. And I'll be reading from the God's Word translation. Rain and snow come down from the sky. They do not go back again until they water the earth. They make it sprout and grow so that it produces seed for farmers and food for people to eat. My word, which comes from my mouth, is like the rain and snow. It will not come back to me without results. It will accomplish whatever I want and achieve whatever I send it to do. You will go out with joy and be led out in peace. The mountains and the hills will break into songs of joy in your presence, and all the trees will clap their hands. Cypress trees will grow where thorn bushes grow. Myrtle trees will grow where briars grew. This will be a reminder of the Lord's name and an everlasting sign that will never be destroyed. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O God, we gather together in your presence with expectation, hungry for an encounter with you, eager to hear your word. Open our eyes and ears to the presence of your Holy Spirit. May the seeds of your word scattered among us this morning fall on fertile soil. May they take root in our hearts and lives and produce an abundant harvest of good words and deeds. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our teacher and our Lord. Amen. Now, Jessie's on vacation. We let her go, I don't know, once or twice a year. And so she's not here today, and Jessie usually does the Spark moment. So I'll invite any of the children who want to come to Spark Worship to come on forward, because Mary's going to take you to go to Spark Worship. Now, Spark Worship is a worship time for children. Come on up. And come on up. You look great in purple. Any of the Pattersons, if you want to go to uh, Spark Worship. Now, in Spark Worship, they generally have a program where they do crafts, where you'll do um, singing and praying and learning. And what? Dancing. Dancing. We dance in here sometimes. 
At Spark Worship, it is geared just for kids your age so you can learn more about God and about Jesus and have fun while you're doing it. A lot like we do here. We have fun while we talk about Jesus too. But this is geared just for you. And I understand Miss Olivia is all ready for you to talk about the story of Moses. Anybody know who Moses was? No? Priscilla, who's Moses? This old guy? There's a place for old people in the church. (laughs) Moses was a powerful leader and a powerful man of God, and he led the people, the Hebrew people, out of Egypt. He led them across the desert. He led them across the sea, the Reed Sea. And then they wandered around for 40 years because he didn't ask his wife for directions. (laughs) And there was no Google Maps then. And so they wandered. I know. They wandered around the desert for 40 years. So if you were a little kid then, and 40 years later, how old would you be? 40 what? 48. 48. Wow. 49. 51. Oh, 61. Oh, my goodness. 50. You're not that old yet. It's okay, Jens. Anyway. So they spent their childhood and grew up, and they were in the desert. It's so awesome of a story. And so I'm going to send you off with Miss Mary after we say a prayer. You ready to pray? Dear Lord, we love you. We will follow you, even if it takes 40 years. Bless these, your children. Guide them to learn about you and live a life worthy of their calling. Amen. Okay, if you guys want to follow Miss Mary, she's going to take you to Spark Worship. Have fun. Enjoy. Isn't that crazy to think that? They started as little children wandering the desert and then ended up seasoned in the desert. Wow, what a story. We're not talking about that story today. We are talking about a different story. We're going to talk about the parable of the seeds. But before we do that, let's have a time of prayer together. As I mentioned before, you have in front of you in the pew backs these yellow prayer cards. And we would like for you to feel comfortable and confident filling those cards out in your prayers. Come to the prayer team. We meet here at 6 o'clock on Monday evening. And you are all invited to be here. Nobody's excluded. We'll go over the prayer cards at that time. We share in Holy Communion together. It's a rich and beautiful time. So if you have a prayer request, write that down. In the meantime, can we go before the Lord in prayer? Let us pray. Oh God, the seeds of your kingdom are forever being sown into our lives and into our world. But they don't always take root. Sometimes it fails to find a place to grow. And so we fervently pray for ourselves and others when life makes us hard and resistant, like a well-trodden path of old habits, old systems, old patterns of thinking that keeps your message from growing. We pray, Almighty God, for ourselves and others when we become so immersed in the short-lived, shallow, rock-hiding soil, the soil of the moment where your life gets too easily blown away in the wind, Oh God, we pray for ourselves and others when our fears and insecurities, when our desires and self-absorption tangle like thorns and weeds around us. 
and your grace is choked into silence. Save us, O oh God, from being fallow ground and allow your word to rise up within us, bringing us new life and sustenance for a very hungry world. This we pray in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In the Bible, Jesus often used parables. And a parable is a story that has a moral or spiritual lesson. It's usually about common day affairs. And he frequently used parables so that people would understand him. Today we're going to talk about the parable called often the sower of seeds. It's found in Matthew chapter 13. It's also found in Mark chapter 4. It's also found in Luke chapter 8. Bible scholars actually believe that this was the very first parable that Jesus taught. And it was the first one he gave them a word of what the lesson was. Okay? He told them what it meant. He gives us the keys to the kingdom. And he explains exactly how we are to receive the word of God. And he literally illustrates how we can, how we should live our lives in faith. So let us listen to the word of God found in Matthew chapter 13, verses 1, all the way to 23. In your pew Bibles, if you want to read along, it'll be found in, on page 889. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Large crowds gathered around him, so he got into a boat and sat down, while people stood on the shore. Then Jesus used stories to teach them many things. He said, A farmer went out to plant his seeds. While he was planting, some seeds fell by the road, and the birds came and ate it all up. Some seeds fell on rocky ground where there wasn't much dirt. That seed grew very fast because the ground was not deep, but the sun rose and the plants dried up because they did not have deep roots. Some other seed fell among the thorny weeds which grew and choked the good plants. Some other seed fell on good ground where it grew and produced a crop. Some plants made a hundred times more some made 60 times more, and some made 30 times more. Let those with ears use them and listen. The followers came to Jesus and asked, Why do you use stories to teach the people? Jesus answered, You have been chosen to know the secrets about the kingdom of heaven, but others cannot know these secrets. Those who have understanding will be given more and they will have all they need. But those who do not have understanding, even what they have will be taken away from them. This is why I use stories to teach people. They see, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really hear or understand. So 
they show that the things Isaiah said about them are true. You will listen and listen, but you will not understand. You will look and look, but you will not learn. For the minds of these people have become stubborn. They do not hear with their ears. They do not, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might really understand what they see with their eyes and hear with their ears. They might really understand in their minds and come back to me and be healed. Jesus was reading from Isaiah 6, chapter 9 through 10. But you who are blessed because you see with your eyes and hear with your ears, I tell you the truth. Many prophets and good people wanted to see the things that you now see, but they did not see them. And they wanted to hear the things that you now hear, but they did not hear them. So listen to the meaning of the story about the farmer. What is the seed that fell by the road? That seed is like the person who hears the message about the kingdom, but doesn't understand it. The evil one comes and takes away what was planted in that person's heart. And what is the seed that fell on rocky ground? That seed is like the person who hears the teaching and quickly accepts it with joy. But he does not let the teachings go deep into his life, so he keeps it only a short time. When trouble or persecution come because of the teaching he accepted, he quickly gives up. And what is the seed that fell among the thorny weeds? That seed is like the person who hears the teaching but lets worries about this life and the temptation of wealth stop that teaching from growing. So the teaching does not produce fruit in the person's life. But what is the seed that fell on good ground? That seed is like the person who hears the teaching and understands it. That person grows and produces fruit, sometimes a hundred times more, sometimes 60 times more, and sometimes 30 times more. This is the word of God for the people of God. People who love to garden know the very importance of good soil. I have seen many a church member here taking care of the plants, just like Sandra in the heat of the summer watering, or Roy, I've seen you out there messing with the plants. And of course, um, JB thinks the trees are amazing. <laughs> and then there's Jan, just Jan, who waters all the time. I can come out and see her piddling with the flowers and watering and Sandra weeding because they know what it takes to keep this plants and the harvest of this beautiful campus going. They know that in order to have a thriving, beautiful campus, that you have to pay attention. You have to weed and you have to water and you have to give them nutrients. There are all kinds of things you have to do to tend to a garden. And they know that. Maybe some of you are getting ready for your fall garden. No? I talked to Toxie yesterday. He was out weeding his watermelon field. He's already got watermelons. It takes attention to that detail and someone who loves. Now, maybe other people are planting their gardens now. No? <laughs> You're like me. But farmers, they're planting, and they know how extremely important the soil is for any plant 
to have beauty and to be harvested. So what, you may ask. Get it? S-O-W what? Uh-huh. Okay, I have to point that out to you. What does this have to do with Jesus' parable of the sower? Really, this story is not about the sower at all. It is about the condition of the soil, which we will refer to as the heart condition. That's what Jesus is talking about. In Matthew chapter 13, the story begins with Jesus at the Sea of Galilee. And he goes to the beach, and there are such crowds and crowds and crowds of people, he can't even move. And so he got on a boat. And he pulled the boat up to the shore, and he sat down to teach this lesson. Now, what you may not know is that most of the time, teachers in this era always sat, and the students would stand. So Jesus sat down to begin to teach, and he speaks in a parable. Now, the parable is the story, and he talks in terms that they could readily understand. The farmers back in those days would go to till a field with a simple instrument, maybe a stick, and he would remove all the rocks, and he'd begin to tend for the soil, and then he would sow the seeds by hand, and then he would wait and hope for rain. That's what we do, isn't it? Well, some of us water. Now, soil is extremely important for anything you're going to grow. Did you know that there are soil experts that are certified to take care of soil? And they could take the foulest, most poisonous, awful soil and make it good again. Soil is important to life. There's no doubt about it. And when you plant the crop, it is critical to look at the soil composition, its location, the natural geographic considerations. Otherwise, you may not have a harvest. You'll have little or no fruit. Now, in our spiritual life, I wonder if we are concerned about the condition in our hearts. Jesus used these common knowledge facts to teach the people about the soil of the heart. And just as earth soil is affecting planting, the soil of our heart affects how we receive the word of God. Jesus explained there are four types of soil that represents the different ways that people accept and hear the word of God. Jesus tells us the first soil is the hardened soil beaten down on the path. This hard soil, birds can't get, I mean, they can't throw the seeds, it won't go anywhere, it just sits on the top. And you know if it sits on the top, the birds come and get it, right? And so, I'm no farmer, but I, I know this. You cannot throw seeds on a firm surface and expect anything to grow from it. Unreceptive soil, packed down, hardened, on a path that people often come and go. Paths are not a place to plant a garden. Paths are a corridor to get where you want to go. It's not a place to plant. And so, in our lives, sometimes, our soil is hardened and packed down. And sometimes it's because we're so darn busy, busy going up and down the path. And the word of God scattered on top of the busyness of people's life fails to take root. It bounces away, often being picked away by a competing agenda. The hardened heart has no receptivity, no readiness to welcome the value of the seeds no attentiveness to beauty or harvest, no ability to absorb the value of the seed. 
no cushion to support its growth. And this is what happens, maybe sometimes in our life, when we are so busy and we have so hardened that path that God throws words at us and people at us and circumstances at us and we don't even know because as quickly as God's word comes, it bounces away. That happens when we have a hardened heart. Now we all have responsibilities. We have relationships, we have deadlines, but in our busyness, our hardened heart, the seeds of truth, the word of God bounces right off and we don't receive it. Our busy paths are hardened and they're not fertile for the future beauty and harvest of the fruits of God. Okay, second heart soil we heard in the story is found in rocky ground. Any seed that happens to land on rocky ground is in competition with the rocks and pebbles. And they might root temporarily with a very shallow system, but it won't be sustained and soon withers and dies. When God's word is scattered over soil that is already too full with rocks and boulders and things, and you might hear the word and get excited. Have you ever seen baby Christians when they first hear the word of God? And they're like so excited. But sometimes they're like planted in the rocky field and all of a sudden they don't get any nourishment and they're in competition for the water. And so they begin to fail and die. Rocky ground will not provide a, a bountiful harvest. It's nearly impossible to yield fruit. In today's world, it may, you might come to church and you might deeply desire to receive these seeds, the seeds of the gospel. It's a great story. But then we're hurried and we're busy and we wanna to get to the message. Sometimes you'll allow the preacher to preach from 12 to 20 minutes, no more than that. And if worship goes over an hour, I'm out of here. I'm not, because I have to stay, but you're out of here. And so in the busyness of our life, we come to church and we so desire to hear the word of God, and yet it lands on that rocky soil within us. It takes root, and we feel great until we're out in the Texas sun for five minutes. Yeah, it's true. You want to get a positive message. You want to hear the good news, but none of this sacrifice business. No, 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 no. Bible study? Practice spiritual disciplines? You want me to what? Most of us come to church with our own agenda. And when the seeds are received in the rocky soil of their hearts, when the seeds begin to take root, there's no depth. And they spring up quickly for short-term growth, yielding no real fruit. Okay, the third kind of seed that Jesus is talking about. Now, he explained this to us. This seed is thorny, the thorny field. We'll call it the field with weeds. My mother used to make us go out and weed the front yard. I thought weed and grass were the same thing. I would pull whatever. I don't know the difference. So here's what happens with the thorny field. You get the good news, and you've freshly raked and tilled the seed, and you begin to plant your seeds, but it's not tended to on a regular basis. No consistent watering, no painstaking, critical weeding, no practices to add nutrition. 
It's kind of a lazy, easy-come, easy-go garden. And when the harvest time comes, and the gardener never knows for sure what's going to come up. Now, I tried to plant a garden once. I'm not a domestic goddess, okay? I tried to plant a garden once, and I bought a little seed pack, and it was a fresh salad with all the different kind of sprouty, wonderful salad things. I was so excited, and I tilled the little space I prepared, and I added nutrients, and I planted the seeds, and I watered the seeds. I didn't weed them because everything sprouted up, and I said, which is a weed? And which is the salad? I couldn't tell. So I completely could not use the garden salad, but the animals loved it. I couldn't tell what was a weed. And if we don't consistently weed, then we won't get a harvest, a bountiful harvest. The seed falling among the weeds refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of their life, their deceitfulness to wealth, choke the words, making it unfruitful. With our heart soil, when the field is prepared but not kept, good growth is impossible. You can hear God's word, but all sprouts up with weeds among us. The invading wings, weeds grow along the good plants and compete for life, nutrient, time, and energy. The yield is similar to the rocky soil, but the weed-infested crop is thin, emaciated. It's a bit like this in real life, is it not? In a thorny field of life, we may not make time for the care and upkeep of our souls. We don't invest in spiritual disciplines. Our founder, John Wesley, said two things for Christians were critical. The first is acts of piety, and the second is acts of service. You wonder what acts of piety are? Acts of piety are found in spiritual disciplines such as Lectio Divina. This is when you read scripture mindfully, carefully. It's available in journaling, spiritual journaling, daily prayer, spiritual reading, but who has time for that? And confession is a spiritual discipline. Don't ask me about that now, come on. Spiritual guidance. He also says we should take on a life of simplicity. Well, that's nearly impossible, even these days, even if they're a lifeline to God. Acts of service and piety, the virtual lifeline to God. The fourth heart soil. This is my favorite heart soil because it is the good soil that Jesus talks about. The good soil is the soil that Jesus refers to as people who receive the word and the word grows in them and they understand it. The good soil is properly tilled and raked and prepared. It is fertilized and the needs of the seeds and young plants are cared for. Water, readily available, because that's what a new plant needs. Comfort, support, nurture. And these plants are checked every day. And if there's a weed growing in them, it's plucked up and cast away. The soil of our heart is similar to that. Miraculous growth will never happen unless we eagerly await it. And the soil is good and prepared and weeded. There's no rocks they were thrown out. 
and that harvest will be bountiful. Jesus said it will yield a hundred times, or 60 times, or 30 times in good soil. When God's word is received in a properly prepared heart, it is immediately growing. We begin to grow in grace. This person's heart will have a bountiful harvest, and this is the heart that turns to God even when things go bad. Because you know, in life, your garden's gonna get uprooted every once in a while. This is the heart that turns to God and is never worried or concerned or consumed, but trust that the seed will grow in their heart as planted by God. Their heart trusts and obeys, and they pluck out any unhealthy, unnecessary, and preferences that leave the soil bad. It's plucked out. So you can be rooted in faith. Isn't this a great story? God intends this good soil of the heart to be maintained. The nutrients replenished, watered with the word of God. The word of God is planted within you. And I wonder, how is your harvest? Okay, now somebody's going to say, now you're meddling, Pastor. Now you're meddling. I want you to consider in your own heart and mind, how bountiful is your harvest? Are you experiencing the fruit of the Spirit mentioned in the Bible that is produced when good soil and God's seeds go to work? And these fruits of the Spirit are found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Consider the harvest of your life. Are you experiencing the bounty of God's harvest through these fruits? Because the fruits are an outward expression of an inward grace, the inward work of the Holy Spirit. Now, John Wesley, he used to ask people at every class meeting, at the beginning of the meeting, he would say to them, how is it with your soul? Now, he meant this question to be a deep and probing one, asking the state of your inner being, your spiritual well-being. Are you harvesting fruits of the Spirit? And Wesley believed that our soul was the part of us that connected directly with God. And Wesley also believed that our souls are constantly growing and changing as we nurture our soul through prayer, through worship, through service to others. When Wesley asked people, how is it with your soul, he was asking them to reflect on their spiritual lives. He wanted to know, how are you feeling about your relationship with God? How are you progressing in your faith? What challenges are you facing? Wesley believed that these questions were essential for spiritual growth. He said this, the state of our souls is a great concern to every Christian, and the health of our souls is the chief concern of our life. We might think whatever we're doing tomorrow is the most important thing in the world. Wesley said, the condition of our souls is the most important question you will answer. 
in a Christian's life? And this is our question, and my question to you. How is your harvest? See, when you consider your spiritual life and whether you're growing, we name this fruits of the Spirit. Are you growing in grace? Are you growing in joy and peace and patience and gentleness and self-control? Do you see those attributes in your life? That is when your soil of the heart is good soil. These questions will lead us to be connected, connected to our deepest selves, Roy, our meaning of life, and they can help us grow in faith. So I'm going to ask you again, I wonder what you would say. Now, you don't have to answer. What is the state of your soul? Where are the fruits of your spiritual labors? What have you been sowing and reaping in your relationship with God? The harvest, well, it can be a symbol of many things. It can show your spiritual growth, your sense of peace and contentment, your relationship with others, your service to others, and your impact on the world. If you harvest a bountiful cross of these fruits, that means that you are reaping the rewards of a spiritual life. You're growing in your faith, and you're feeling a sense of peace and contentment and making a positive impact on the world. If your harvest is not so bountiful, it may mean that you need to reevaluate your spiritual practices. Is your heart soil ready? Are you watering and tending to your spiritual garden? Are you pulling out those weeds in your life that are choking out the life of Christ? Are you harvesting the fruits of your labor? This question of how is your harvest reminds us that our spiritual life is a journey and we're always growing and always changing and our harvest will ebb and flow. But if we are faithful to tend to the spiritual soil, we can have a bountiful harvest of peace, of contentment, of joy, a hundred times, or 60 times, or even 30 times. So this question, how is your spiritual harvest? That question is a gift to you. Write it down, consider it. Take the opportunity to reflect on your spiritual journey and then celebrate the labors of your work. So here are some further questions just to consider in your own mind and heart to help you consider the quality of the soil in your heart. Now be honest as you answer to yourself. How are things at ground level in your heart? Well, you're at church, so you get some points there. But how are things underneath the ground level? You know the soil that only God knows. What kind of soil is in your heart? Is it hardened soil or rocky ground or weed with thorns? Or do you have good soil? What may need to change in your heart soil?
And what changes are you willing to make to have good soil that God can plant his seeds in? Are you willing to till that soil, turn it upside down, rake it, fertilize it, water it, pull the weeds that God says don't belong? Why not ask God to help? Why not ask God to help you cultivate this soil in your heart and water it and care for it? Why not let God's loving, kind, skillful hands help you to strengthen your heart soil? God wants to help you grow and flourish and harvest a hundred times more. 60 times more, even 30 times more. Are you willing to let God be your gardener? If so, say amen. amen. I agree, amen. I invite you to prepare your heart to offer your presence to the Lord. The reason that Patty and I give to the church is because it is the right thing to do. I mean, we've been so blessed over the years with the things that God has given us. The least we can do is give back a portion to him. If you think about it, it's probably the one place that you can give where you can't go wrong. Would the ushers come forward? Please stand in body or spirit as we sing our song of praise. Let us pray. Creator God, from whom all blessings grow, as we dedicate our tithes and offering, we acknowledge that you have blessed us to be the fertile soil for which the good use of your kingdom will spring forth. Move us, we pray, beyond seeing our role as passive or powerless, depending total, totally on the quality of the seed and the expertise of the planter. Remind us that you are counting on us for fruitfulness demonstrating for the world your love, grace, and power as we bear fruit that eases the suffering sick, feeds the hungry, brings justice to the oppressed, and love and compassion to those who feel disconnected or forgotten. In Christ we pray, amen. Amen, please be seated. In this time of the service, we generally talk about discipleship. And the first thing I want to draw your attention to is Roy Allen. Will you stand up? He's teaching a class on discipleship coming up. Yeah, he's wearing the shirt. You will not have to wear a shirt or get tattooed, will you? No. Uh, he's going to ask you if you are interested in cultivating discipleship by, by a deep and rich Bible study. Please stay after church, just stay in your seat and join up with Roy. He's going to talk with you about what a good day and time would be to start Disciple One. And if you're feeling called into a fruitfulness of your life, Disciple One is a great place to start. 
So see Roy after service. The second thing we ordinarily do is um, when I invite you to take the word out and use the soil of your heart to have a great harvest. Now, part of what we do also is say our mission statement every week because what we're hoping to do is take these seeds and plant them so deeply within us that it will burst forth a harvest of praise and a harvest of God's goodness. Will you say it with me, please? The mission of Holonis Hills United Methodist Church is to grow and nurture disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of our community and our world. Amen. So go forth in the strength of this benediction that Christ spoke to you today through a parable, explained it completely to you, and now wants to know your answer. How is your harvest? Go forth and be bountiful. Amen?